Welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. My name's James Gill. I am the MC at the multi-award-winning comedy nights, Always Be Comedy. I'm joined, as always, by my comedy husband, Always Be Comedy's very own, Tim Lewis. Hello, Tim Lewis. Hello, James Gill. The Always Be Comedy podcast is where we sit down with a guest and they curate what would be their dream comedy gig. Who would open? Who would close? What sort of gigging nightmare that they've experienced must not, under any circumstances, happen at this fantasy comedy gig? It's all this and so much more. And by so much more, we often mean quite a lot of gossip. Uh, Hello, welcome to the Always Be Comedy podcast. We're joined today by comedian, actor, singer, dancer, radio host, Am I missing anything else? This guy can do the lot. The great all-rounder since uh, since the great Roy Castle left us. Charlie Baker is the is the great all-rounder. It's Charlie Baker. Uh, Tim, Charlie Baker. So you, this it sounds like an Alistair Green uh, video I watched the other day. Is there anything he can't blooming do? <laughs> Have you seen that video about Stanley Tucci? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's very good. Um, Charlie Baker, what, if we just focus on the comedy for the next couple of seconds, what a brilliant comedian. I'm going to say he's Cornwall's answer to Bruce Forsyth. I think he's just, he, he is an all-rounder. Like, you do want to talk about comedy because he's such a brilliant comedian, but it really is everything. He does everything. It's so good. He's so great. Cornwall's answer to Bruce Forsyth is absolutely spot on. Now, Charlie Baker depending on when you listen to this, Wednesday the 6th of December, Charlie Baker is bringing his 24-hour pasty people full show to the iconic comedy store in London. Uh, We read these out on the pod. An absolute romp with some shout with laughter moments from Chortle. A superior take on the modern showman, The Guardian. Uh, If you visit london.thecomedystore.co.uk, uh, and it's Charlie Baker, 24-hour pasty people. Tim, as with a lot of these brilliant shows, we saw an earlier itu- an earlier iteration at Always Be Comedy. Yeah, it was so brilliant. Full room, just people roaring for laughter. Because again, he's, he's at Comedy Store all the time anyway, because he's such a brilliant club comic. But yeah, this one sort of lets him show off his other skills as well. I think he's really, really great. And that show, we saw it over a year ago and it was brilliant then. So I can't even imagine how brilliant it is now. Uh, so yeah, do yourselves a favour. Uh, Charlie Baker, the 6th of December, giving it the full hit at the Comedy Store. We've had a very lovely week at Always Be Comedy. Tim, I know that you would also say, when is it not a lovely week at Always Be Comedy? But, we, you know, uh, the likes of, say, uh, Jack D, Al Murray, Harry Hill. We had Miles Jupp doing a, a full tour run through the other night for the newsletter. That was wonderful. We've put on a raft of shows with Tim. We can't even we can't even talk about the Sarah Keyworth shows because we put on three previews with Keyworth and all three of them sold out within effectively 0.01 seconds. Um, but lots and lots of shows in 2024. We've just put on a, a seven tour previews with Ed Gamble. So. Get on alwaysbecomedy.com. We would love to see you down there. We know more and more of you have been coming down. It's been wonderful and great to meet you dudes. What I would also say, Tim, and I'm going to sound 
every day of my 45 years and also i'm not on spotify is it called spotify wrapped it's called spotify wrapped and it's been, it, listen we we cannot get enough of it a lot of you have been sharing the spotify wrapped thing and we've been tweeting and instagramming uh so thank you very much that means a lot tim we've been in some excellent company on yeah honestly spotify wrapped is something I love stats. I love music. And I just, all year round, I'm thinking, what's going to be at the top of my Spotify wrapped? So it's something I've always been excited about for years anyway. So when seeing our podcast turn up on other people's, it's so exciting, especially, like you say, in companies such as Off Menu, The Ramses, The Parenting Hellboys, just the top, the top tier. Uh, uh, lovely Wars as well. Of course, yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's, it's been lovely. So please do keep uh, very needy. Uh, Tim was a lot cooler. I'm, I'm a needier dude, but yeah, please do keep sharing them. Spotify, must say, Tim, the Spotify route that was a very whoever came up with that at Spotify. That's a very good idea, isn't it? It's on. It's genius because I. It's June, and I'm thinking, what's going to be at the end of the year? It's a bit. It's a big thing for stat fans like me. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, please, uh, please do keep showing. Keep the correspondence coming in as well. We have a lot of correspondence to get through. Takes a pause. Ah, oh, yes. We will start with this. Uh, I told a, 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 an anecdote about Kelsey Grammer last week. Now, Cheers, by the way, might be my number one favourite television show of all time. And in, in my humble opinion, it got better as the years went on. And that's not a cool thing to say about sitcoms. But once Kelsey Grammer joined the cast, plus Kirstie Alley, plus Woody Harrelson, in my opinion, they were the glory years. And I know that in the eyes of a lot of Cheers fans, that is sacrilege. Because some people prefer the, the coach years. But hey, um, hashtag team Woody, uh, Kelsey and Kirstie. Anyway, someone got in touch. They heard... The Kelsey Grammer story. Victoria, thank you very much. Here we go. Oh my God, the Kelsey Grammer story has killed me. Four exclamation marks. If you've not heard it, there's a, I'd heard a story where um, at the height of Frasier, Kelsey was so in demand and that show was so massive that Andy Richter, who was on NBC at the same time, shared a story that allegedly he was helicoptered, Kelsey Grammer was helicoptered in and out of the lot because that's how uh, important he was in the eyes of, N of NBC, if you, can, if you can imagine that. That is that is serious clout. Anyway, Victoria writes, uh, he stayed at a central London hotel I worked at all the time and couldn't have been nicer and knew my name. He was one of the nicest celebrities I ever met. Love the podcast. I could have left out the love the podcast bit that wasn't needed, but I, I bravely <laughs> chose to keep it. In. Uh, Tim, that's lovely to hear about Kelsey Grammer. Yeah, you always want to hear he's. <laughs> I mean, he's just a larger than life figure. Uh, yeah, so cool, so cool. If Cheers is my favourite sitcom, what is your favourite ever sitcom? Uh, not, by the way, it's not. It's not just my favourite sitcom. I think it's. Probably my favourite ever 
Jerry Seinfeld talks about with TV shows about building a world that you want to hang out in. Yeah. I yeah, think that's yeah. part of the reason of genuinely Game of Thrones for the fantasy fans. They love the idea of hanging out in that world, for example, right? Sopranos seems very cool. Then when you rewatch it now, less cool and actually very dark. But anyway, I'm digressing. <laughs> But the Cheers bar, I w yeah, th th that is very much the vibe we try to create at Always Be Comedy, that place where you, you, you want to hang out, everybody knows your name, always glad you came. Cheers, huge influence. Tim Lewis, what's yours? So my favourite sitcom is also my favourite show, Full Stop. And it's... Can I guess? Oh, yeah. Can I guess? Of course. UK Office. Y yeah, of course. It's for UK. Is it? Yeah, I think it's perfect. 14 episodes in and out it's all all i need i i rewatch it every year christmas is coming up i'll be watching the specials very soon it's just I, it's just perfect does a part of you look some of the greatest british sitcoms of all time faulty towers blackadder just four seasons and limited episodes per season mm -hmm. the office Two seasons, a couple of Christmas specials. Porridge, not many of those were made. These are these are regarded as some of the all-time classics. However, does a part of you wish that The Office had kept on running, or are you happy that they did what they did? Oh, I, I, th I think they did everything they can do in those two seasons. I just think... I'd... Here's a... A deep cut off his question. Go on. Have you seen the videos that Merchant and Gervais made for Microsoft with David Brent? Oh my God. No, I don't think I have. Mate, it's the closest you will get to bonus office episodes. They're really good. Wow. I'll, I'll be watching that as soon as we finish recording this. They're on YouTube. Right. Tim, this, this, oh, this takes us so perfectly into the show notes that you've started to do. <laughs> yeah. You can include it in the show notes. Oh my gosh. Um, right, we, we caved into uh, pressure. Right, and originally I was I was very protective of Tim and I was thinking, show notes is a lovely <laughs> idea. It is a lovely idea. But then I was like, it, it, hours in the day and all that. However, Tim has selflessly taken it on himself while he's editing to include show notes. So you can see YouTube clips of selected comedians big spoiler warning we would say obviously if you look at it before you listen you, you're going to know who they're picking so we appreciate if you want to save it until after you've listened or if you don't mind a spoiler dive in but this is us politely saying be warned because it could ruin the episode if you like to keep it a secret so this is a tim this is a spoiler warning yeah exactly yeah it's it's a it's a very good idea i'll give them that uh and yeah, I, I quite like going through YouTube and finding the clip for each comedian. So it's a good thing. I'm going to go do, going forward from Reg's episode last week. Every week, there'll be a fun little YouTube clip off a comedian doing a set. Um, please do keep the correspondence coming in. We are the team at alwaysbecomedy.com. Tim, should we reveal that we might have some new exciting new, it's exciting for us, some new branding and therefore potentially merch? Oh, yes, yes, because actually we've been talking about it more and more and I'm 
I'm ready, ready to launch. We've, right, so, if you've been to Always Be Comedy, you will know that we've got like a, a tarpaulin sign behind the comedians, and we figured that it's time that that sign gets with the the programme. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> gets with the programme. I might as well have said, where's the beef? Um, Jesus, wet. Anyway, so we, we were recommended someone, and we've, this sounds very corporate, doesn't it? But anyway, we've got a, we, we will be announcing, we'll be, dear Lord, <laughs> what do we think we are? But anyway, we've got a new, a very, it's exciting to us, uh, a new logo and all that malarkey. And we'll, they'll, they'll be merch to go with it. So anyway, we, we, we are disproportionately excited. If you're listening to this right now thinking, lads, we couldn't give a toss. We respect that completely. But if you can appreciate that to me and Tim, it, oh, it means it means a lot. We hope you like it. What sometimes happens, Tim, and I'm bringing it back to the football analogy. Anyone got the bingo card out? <laughs> sometimes a football club will reveal a new badge. I remember Leeds United once doing this, and it was a badge of them doing like the Leeds. It's like a, a fist on the chest, and they revealed it. And oh man, there was such a backlash. And, and Leeds, oh, they were oh, God. Anyway, please be gentle. <laughs> we really hope you like it. We really like it. All will be revealed in the what in the next. Maybe by the time this episode comes out, Tim. I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What we're saying in a very roundabout way is, Jesus Christ, we really hope you want to buy an Always Be Comedy t-shirt. Because <laughs> otherwise, every member of the Gill and Lewis families <laughs> will be getting an Always Be Comedy t-shirt with the new branding for Christmas for the next 10 years. So scrap in for that. Um, anyway, huge and heartfelt thanks as always. We will bring on one of oh, one of the best. Uh, and as we say, please do check him out on the 6th of December. At the time of listening, that might be tomorrow. Uh, here he is, the great, the people's prince, the maestro, Charlie Baker. Uh, we're joined today by, uh, I mean, we... We talk about funny bones a lot. Charlie Baker has absolute funny bones. I tell you what, though, before we even get into nice. the before we get into the comedy, Charlie, I've got to say, your move to radio is one of the shrewdest moves in the history of show business. <laughs> that's what I mean. That's worked out great, hasn't it? Yeah, there, there's no plan though. There's never been a plan. I've always gone. What makes me? What's going to not make me go? I was just talking about this with my wife actually this morning. I was going. I think what it is. I just try and do things for a living so that I like doing and I want to do them to the highest possible level. What is the highest possible level that I can get to with this bit of whatever it is I've got inside me, you know? So if I do a musical, what's the highest level I can do it at? If I do radio, what's the highest level? My favourite radio show of all time, daily radio show is the Hawksby and Jacobs radio show, which I've ended up co-hosting on Tuesdays and Thursdays for now, for as long as they want me. And, and that was because I sort of went, I'd like to, I was on it as a guest and I'd always listened to it. I absolutely love it. I think it's unique in British radio. And I've always thought I would love to be on that one day. And then I, I didn't, I didn't sit out and go, now I'm madly going to, now I'm going to get on that and that's it whatever happens but you have i think i think to to have a 
you have to work out what you want to sacrifice and what you want to go for and what paths you're going to try and take and what you're going to put the work in now that in five years time you're going to thank yourself for so with the radio yeah i did a lot of free shifts which went and did a lot of free shifts and and that move i've i i absolutely it's not for everybody talk sport i really understand that i absolutely love the station and i absolutely i, I love i love the shows i do with paul and i love the show i do with max on a and, I sat, and that is mainly because, like anything, if you're backed, if you're backed by management or the the gatekeepers, and and given enough rope and told be creative and be and do what you want to do, then you work at your best. Don't you? you relax and you and you and you work at your best. So yeah, radio's amazing, James. It's been an amazing thing for me, and I always say I'll turn up until they tell me not to. I just. I- the reason why I'm pulling this face, Charlie, I was just thinking of your career. What you are so what a high achiever you are. Do you ever do do you ever think about the things that you that you have accomplished? I mean, like, for example, the star of a sellout musical, the the, the Tony Blair rock opera. I mean, it's mate, I hope you realize you know, you're you're yeah. on this you're on this incredible tour. You've extended the tour. I mean, Jesus Christ, you what since the passing of Roy Castle, you are the great all-rounder, my friend. <laughs> You're so nice, James. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think there's something in me. I don't know if anybody does. Does anybody have a, does anybody carry their success with them? When you speak to people on this podcast, does anyone go, well, at least I've, I've, all, I've always done that. I don't, I don't, I always, I've got something that I forget. I just forget everything. That I've, I've, I've had a long career, but I just forget everything I've done. I just forget. I just forget that I've done it. Is it? So, I think it's important to not. The thing with I've read all the self help, right? And yeah. the thing with smelling the roses, you need to be careful. You can smell it for like five seconds, and then you got to move on. Yeah, you, I think if you, it's important to have that pause and go bloody hell. But then you get, but for only for a moment because you can't. No, you can't take. To, you can't. Basically, what I'm getting at, in a, at what I'm what the the phrase I didn't want to use because <laughs> it's a bit rude is. You don't want to disappear up your own ass, do you? That's no, well, well, yeah. I think you've got to keep moving forward as well. You've got to yeah. keep going to go in and get it. Go get it is my favourite phrase. And you've got to go get it. And and you've got to work out, I think. I think the thing I found being an actor, so when I started out as an actor, went to drama school, started out as an actor, my, the, the frustration and, the, and the, the, I don't want to call it depression. I don't think I've ever had depression, but the, 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 the dooms that I had about it were... I can't make this happen. I can't work. I like working. I like being exhausted from work. And I, I like being exhausted from creating and dancing and telling jokes and, 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 and performing. You know, that's my, that's my thing. I could not make that happen enough as an actor. Maybe I didn't give it long enough, but I could that, not make a, that happen. That's such, that is quite profound what you're saying there. Because I, I certainly didn't realise I was going to say the listener might not realise. No, I'm talking about me. A couple of mates of mine I went to school with, they pursued acting for like mm. fully. I'm from Leeds. They, they moved from Leeds to London. They gave it the full hit. And I went to a couple of parties that they held and was and got to chat with other actors. I didn't realise that is a brutal game, isn't it? Yeah, if well, you're not, yeah. If you're not auditioning what you know, and you're not getting the roles, it's, oh my, I mean, you must... It must be so damaging to but if you are even health. if you are getting the roles it ends and then you might not get in and you might not work again as an actor for another year 
or six months or or two years or five years or ever again. And and actually what I learned was, well, actually, I don't want to do that. That's not what I want to do. That's not that was just that was just a way when you're from Devon, you go, how do I get into show business? Oh, here's a path. You know, there's no there's no route in you know, now. There would be because you'd film yourself on your phone. You you know, it's changed now, you know, because kids can film themselves and make their own things. And but when I'm 18, it's like, how do you how do I how do I get into the business? How do I get into show business? And the way the route was drama school. So that because that's in, in London, you know, and so you go, well, OK, I've got to go to London. That's in London. So went and trained and did that. And but then you go, then I was doing it going, well, this isn't what this isn't it. This isn't the thing. This isn't the thing. And I could have gone and been in Les Mis or something for for a year and taken one of those big long year contracts. And but then I knew that that wasn't right for me as well. So I, comedy was this, always it. This comedy is was a, always this, it. This is a fan question, Charlie. Mm. Talk us through what happened with it was it was just dance for comic relief, wasn't it? What 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 was that? The thing that you the event the competition that you won was it called? Yeah. Was it just dance for comic relief? Let's let's dance for comic relief. Let's yeah. dance for comic classic middle age getting the title slightly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the best one of those is my mum calling. Um, you've been framed. Are you being framed? <laughs> <laughs> when I was when I was a t when I was a teenager, uh, my best mate ever. I called her Bass. We were each other's best mate. We're, we're being yeah, friends. Yeah. We're still best mate. Uh, still best friends now since childhood. Yeah. But we used to go to the cinema a lot when we lived in Leeds. And uh, he once came. He once came around to my house on the way to the cinema. And uh, my dad's like, "Come in, come in, a bass." And they sat in the lounge. And I'm upstairs getting ready. And uh, my dad's just trying to like relate to a bass. And he goes, uh, "Tell you, I watched uh, watched that film Out of Sight the other the other day." And the bass is like, "Oh yeah, yeah, good film that." And dad goes, "Yeah, yeah, very good film." Tell you he's a good actor. And the bass goes, no, who? And he goes, that Kevin Clooney. <laughs> Lovely. Kevin Clooney. Beautiful. And then, so, so like, to this day, a bass and I will still laugh at Kevin Clooney. However, <laughs> well, that's his I'm name. 45, is, that's, that's his name now forever, isn't it? No, well, well, yeah, but, but however, I, I've got to say that has bit me on the arse because I'm, I'm forever getting names <laughs> oh, ever, yeah. ever so it slightly goes. wrong. Yeah. So, but what, what happened there? Because you, Am I right in saying you were quite a late addition, but then you end up winning the thing because yeah. because you, my friend, going back to the Roy Castle thing, you can dance. Yeah, well, you know, we went on holiday. We've gone on holiday by mistake. You know, it's it's we won. Let's dance for comic relief by mistake. Um, I did. I was. I I did loads of TV warm up. Did loads of loads of TV warm up, and um, uh, I'd 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 been on one or two shows i wasn't really getting anywhere particularly in my stand-up career i was a bit you know I'm, i was I'm, I'm, I'm funny i'm good so i was getting somewhere and had a good agent uh, and and it was sort of moving but very very slowly wasn't quite i wasn't quite getting in rooms that i wanted to get in wasn't quite happening anyway i someone must have dropped out i'm on my way somewhere to do a gig somewhere do you want to do Let's Dance for Comic Relief on? No, I'll tell you what it was. It was the meet on the Sunday. It was meet on the, it was go and, go and meet the choreographer on the Sunday. And we'd be on live on telly on the Saturday night. 
So oh, basically, the, so basically meeting God. in the car. So basically meeting in the car. So it was this. It was this, a Saturday. Got the call. Can you meet the choreographer tomorrow? And then you'll be live on telly on next Saturday night. And I was like, I've, you just say yes, yeah. You just say yes. You don't think about it. You say yes. They said, who do you want to dance with? <laughs> who do you want to dance with? They don't think you're famous enough on your own. Who want to, <laughs> don't know who you are. And I was like, oh gosh. So they're trying to put me with with all these people who I've never met, and it be you know they're basically trying to fill a hole. They're basically trying to fill a gap. I go, my mate James, who I went to drama school with, and I know did tap. We had a similar upbringing, doing tap from a young age, and and had a similar sort of dance background. Uh, and we lived with each other, and we were you know really good friends. He's in Emmerdale. He's in Emmerdale. So there's your hook. Yeah. There's there's your something to to sort of hook it on to. If he'll do it, then we should do it together. So I I messaged him, could you would you want to do this? Shall we do this? And he was like, Yeah, absolutely. If I can get, you know, we'll have to fit it around filming, because he's filming Emmerdale. Of course. At the t- at the time. Yeah. Can, can we can you um I said, right, well, we've got to be here tomorrow. We've got to be here in London. Uh, tomorrow at two o'clock to meet the choreographer Matt Flint, and I was like, I said, I don't know. I said, I don't know if it's an audition or what, because they must do some sort of test. Can you dance at all? You know, and and he was like, Yeah, we're we're both similar attitude. Like, right, let's just do it. What what can what's the worst that can happen? You know. Anyway, we also we both know we can dance. Yeah, we both know we can knock out a time step and a. You know, nobody else knows that. I'm I'm a little fat bloke and he's a sort of tall, handsome guy. No one's ever seen either of us dance. So it's like, okay, we're going to do that. Meet Matt Flynn. It turns out it is a bit of an audition. <gasps> a bit. There's no one else there, but it... Yeah. The, we walk in and the vibe is, oh, right, okay. <laughs> this, isn't a, this isn't a done deal. This isn't a done deal. <laughs> but oh, we had our own tap shoes. <laughs> so... Uh, <laughs> Sorry, this is great stuff. This really is great. So, stuff. of course, at first he was shocked because he's like, "Right, we've got some shoes." I said, "We both went." Oh no, we've got our own tap shoes. <laughs> and there's a type of there's a type of um, tap called a Teletone tap that is that sort of rattles on your, and it's like it would be like tightening your studs or getting your getting your string tension right on your on your tennis racket or, you know. I went. I went. Oh, sorry. What's, can we just? I've got to. Um, I've got to just do the screws on my telytones. And he went. Oh, right. You've tapped before. And we went. We both went. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> now we sort of stood there, and we rocked out a couple of moves. You know. And he, and he, and he after about two minutes, he sort of just got his phone and sort of obviously just texted someone and went. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be absolutely fine. Uh, lads, I just need to make a phone call. Totally unrelated. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all right. <laughs> it's fine. And and he went right. Well, see you. Jack. So we had to rehearse in Leeds because James was um, filming Emmerdale. So they put me up in Leeds in a hotel, and we f- we fitted the rehearsals around around James's filming schedule. We couldn't find anywhere that had a proper floor for tap dancing. It was too slippy everywhere. So we so we basically had to just end up sort of rehearsing anywhere really. And it started out as as one thing and we sort of we knew what we want how we wanted it to change in, into another thing i wanted it to be classic because i think classic wins and classic classic covers all age groups 
So so I, w- I wanted it to be sort of Broadway, old school Broadway, rather than let's do it in jeans and a and a jacket. I think you need a definite style with a dance for for people to be able to latch onto it and know I, what it, and know agree. what it is. Agree completely. Ages eight to eighty can get yeah. that vibe. But also, you we knew we had skill, so it's like we're not. It needs to be fun, but we also need to be able to show we can actually legit do it and also matt the choreographer was is is now like choreographs nearly everything on all those big show dances you see on strictly he choreographs all that he was like at the beginning of his career as an amazing choreographer so he was like really on board as well so then we felt like we've got this little secret that we're gonna turn up and actually really give it a good go Oh, it was really, it was, I mean, and then it was, of course, a crazy week. So we learned the dance in a day because we can. And then the rest of the week is just spent absolute. We're, we're both exhausted, you know. James' knee goes at one point. He's, no. He's got a bad, he'd had a, he'd had a, I think he'd been in a car, car accident or something about a couple of years before. And his, he had a dodgy knee. So his knee went at one point and, and, and his knee came back and it was fine and all these sorts of things. Anyway. It's the most it's the most I've ever felt like I was in the FA Cup the, or, or a Wimbledon final or something, you know. It, it's the most I've ever felt like that. I'd not done it. I'd, I've always loved Saturday night shiny floor telly. I'd not done a lot at that point. So actually the buzz as well was turning up to a Saturday night shiny floor studio and it being proper BBC One exciting big you know all those things i dreamt of as a kid bruce forsyth roy Carson, like, like you say you know all the family fortunes generation game all those things to turn up and it be and then in our heat is lulu in our heat is i can't remember who else in our heat but just people who i recognized in your showbiz proper showbiz Go you on. don't see anyone else's dance really beforehand you have your own sound check we knew we had something, uh, but we also thought we're not famous enough to win it. You know, you have to have people have to know who you are, the dance be good and a bit of luck thrown in there. And it's live. It's proper live TV. So it might fall over. You might forget it. You might all those things. We looked after we know we're not the most important people there by a, by a long way, but we're happy. We're happy to heads down, keep, keep going. What they'd not reckoned with was Emmerdale fans love Emmerdale. <laughs> like queen fans, like queen and cycling fans, like cycling, they will vote for it in their droves because it's so niche Uh, scouters exactly the same exactly because they're because they feel like their own little island absolutely so all the so we do the dance it kills it it absolutely kills it in the room we don't know how it's gone uh in in the over on the telly and the dance was pure showbiz the dance is pure, like out pure. and jokes, and you know, yeah. funny little guy, and and yeah. proper moves, you know, and 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 like big. You can find it on YouTube, you know. Yeah. And 
other dancers are great. You know, the other dancers are great. And then it's like, da -da -da, and we'll see you later for the award show. Da -da 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 -da, ba -ba -bum. Actually, no, I think they just, I don't think they even do that. I think they just go, right, everyone. And then everyone comes back on stage. As we're standing, waiting to go back on stage, I look back now, we can see all our props being brought back. No way! You, as we're standing, waiting to go on stage, no I can way. Up, like we had we had a bench, so that I can see the sort of pro, the props guys bringing the bench through, and, and I was like, "What are they doing with all our stuff?" No way! Right, anyway, anyway, not even didn't even think about it. Anyway, stood there on stage, bzz, bzz, lights going out, bzz, 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 <laughs> and then it's you, us, and someone else. Bzz, we win it, you know. Like wow, to, to stand there with your mate from drama school you met when you were eighteen, oh. and just a couple of lads, you know, and trying to make a way in, in the business, and to stand there and to from nowhere, from absolutely nowhere, to win that was was like a goal at Wembley. That was the closest, you know. I can really, I can really, um, and, and but that was the, that was the that was the heat. So we'd won our heat. And then, of course, we were like, "Well, great, but we're not we're not going to win the final." But we have a similar so the, we have a I think we're not on the final isn't for a couple of weeks, so we have a week off, you know. Then we then we go and have another four or five days rehearsal in 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 Leeds, and then travel down for the final. And then, but then the final was like, "Well, this is all luck. This is all absolute luck now." And there were some brilliant dances. Russell Kane was brilliant. Did a brilliant dance and. Uh, Aid Edmondson was in the final, I think, and also it was a brilliant thing. But then the same thing, and of course that was the thing. We when when we were stood there waiting to go on, and our bench suddenly appeared again. I looked at James and went, "We won it. Jeez, we won it." And it doesn't mean anything, you know, because it's a silly competition, silly competition. But just just for keeping you going, you know, just for. Uh, that that feeling of you're in the right business you're not you're not tricking yourself you're not you're you know you're you're i'm crying now thinking about it you're... you you beat lulu in the heats <laughs> exactly exactly toya toya was in it to toya. You know, toya jordan jordan was in jordan was in our heat or in the final with us you know <laughs> Uh, I will. I can tell you a story about Jordan. I will tell you it not on this podcast because it is in no way. It is in no way fit for this podcast of something she told me. Um, uh, in no way fit for this podcast. All right, we'll save it for after the pod. Uh, the listeners yeah, yeah. will be going. If you're listening to this and you bump into me at a gig, ask me the Jordan Jordan story, and I will tell you it. Um, anyway, same thing. I saw our bench. We've won it. On it comes. Boof, boof. Streamers, bang. James and Charlie, wow, da 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 da, and then great fun. That's it. What a laugh! Amazing trophy, you know. Pitch celebration, trophy on the head, silverware, yeah. You know, little flat cap. Off we go. Lovely. Couple of interviews afterwards. Bits and pieces afterwards. You're in the room. You've got something to jump off from. It's going to give you maybe two years of of getting you in rooms, you know. So it, it, it everybody everybody in this business, if you're going to get anywhere, needs something like that. Uh, well, then you, I believe, either the next day or a couple of days after, you were on. It wouldn't have been called Good Morning Britain, but you were yeah, on. Yeah, was. The big, yeah. Was it? Was it Good Morning Britain? 
Yeah, it was Good Morning Britain. It was, yeah, whatever it was on ITV at the time. You were yeah, on the yeah. fla- the flagship ITV breakfast show, yeah. weren't you talking about yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, that, that was good fun. On, and on you the- had the hosts in hysterics. Yeah, well, you- well, this is the thing. You you know, you you then you take your then you've got to try and take that opportunity. You said something like one of your gangs. Because <laughs> they're not used to they're not used to self-deprecating funny people <laughs> on shows like that, are they really? You know. No. And they asked you a question about winning, and you said something like, Well, <laughs> I'm not saying we weren't first choice, but we, we only got asked last Sunday. And, and, the, and the, I can't remember who the host was, but they yeah. were like, <laughs> you know. Well, but it was true, though. We did win by mistake, you know. We did win by mistake. But but I, 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 it was an amazing, it was an incredible experience. Amazing experience. Brilliant. Good for you. And, and look, you know, fast forward now, all these years in the biz, Charlie, it's yeah. happening. You're on tour. Yeah. And I, th- I mean... Look, we're, we're very lucky. We have we have listeners uh, all around the world. However, Lovely. if you are in or near London, December the sixth, yeah, Comedy Store, December the sixth, uh, we are doing twenty four hour pasty people, my tour show. We've had. So, I, I tell you what, you you've seen my show, James, and this is this is what I've been trying to write for twenty years. You know. What a bit, what, what, you know, I sit with you in the dark depths of the night, me and you will message each other regularly and go, how do you make it work? How does it, I don't know how to find this about myself, or I don't know how to put this on stage, or I don't know, I don't know, you know, why, why can't I make this funny? And I, I feel like with this show, I've just found a way to do it and, um, you know, taken long I, enough. And, it, and actually what it is, is just hard work and concentration and also losing any vanity. You've got no vanity, just a healthy sense of fuck it. And, and, and with this show, it's, it's, it's work. And I've had, I've, there's, uh, look, I'm not playing rooms that hold 10,000 people. I'm not holding, I'm not playing rooms that hold a thousand people, but the level of touring I'm doing, I'm absolutely loving. And to have people come out and watch you and your name be on the ticket. I've got, a, I got the other day, a paper ticket with, cause you don't get paper tickets anymore. Yeah. But I did Bristol and Bristol hen and chicken and they had, my name on a paper ticket and i was like that's that for some reason if you're old school showbiz like me then that's exciting you know having your name on a ticket so and I, the I, people who come out they want to see you you know and it, and it, and i've absolutely loved it i just think this show feels like the culmination of 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 everything you know I, it's it's the perfect charlie baker show charlie baker 24 hour pasty people london dot the comedy store dot co dot uk get your tickets there uh, I mean, the I mean the quote from Chortle, I think, is is literally perfect. An absolute romp with some here we go with some shout with laughter moments. Mm. That is absolutely bang on. I mean, as a comedian, right now, Charlie, you must be so. I mean, I know we're smelling the roses here, but I hope you're suitably proud as to where you are right now. It feels, as I say, it feels like the culmination of everything. You've got the world by the tail. Um, it, it must feel exciting. It it is it is of course it's exciting, and I just feel like I have I, my my regrets are often. Oh, have you, did you throw a bit? Did you throw it away a bit? Have you thrown it away? Throw what away? But the, well, just the chance at, at being, uh, I suppose, a bigger success. I suppose. No, but then Charlie, what's... I want to slap you across the head. <laughs> what are you on about? What are you? Just, what are you on about? We're just wanting to. I I just want to go. Ah, oh, it's it's trying to go. Uh, uh, 
I don't know. You don't want to sound. You don't want to sound like you're. I'm not doomy about it, but you just want to go. I absolutely love doing this, and and I love doing it. And I and I. The trouble is, I really back myself. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you could really, really do this to a, to a massive level. But then you have to. I have to go. You are doing it. You are. <laughs> I mean, it's constantly reminding was, myself. Charlie, you are doing it. How many people? Right. Listen. You are one of the main guys at Talksport. Yeah. You were the lead in a musical yeah. written by Steve Brown and actual Harry Hill. Yeah. You've got more TV credits than Judith Chalmers. <laughs> you just told a spine-tingling anecdote about winning a Saturday Night Shiny yeah, you have to go, This is the job. You, I suppose you have to go to yourself. No, this is the job. This is the business. This is it. This I is think, it. I shouldn't be saying this on the pod. I should be saying it in private, but I think... I think if you think like that, I think if you were to win three Oscars with that mindset, you'd be going, fuck it, Catherine Hepburn won four. Yeah. Lucky, the, the lucky cow. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, I would say... Yeah, I, I, I wonder say, if that's ambition. I wonder if that's just ambition. But I would I wonder, say it's it's all happening for you now. Oh, that's kind, James. That's kind. Well, I feel like I feel very happy. I feel in a very good place. And uh, also, I've got a family, you know. You know what it's like. I, I, and And... and the greatest, the, genuinely, it sounds schmaltzy, but my greatest achievement is doing this business, doing this job, living a creative life, and running a, having a family and being able to keep a family together, and you know, doing the school run, being a proper parent to my children, and and having a a, a happy marriage, and that's 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 what's tough, I think. It's not fame. I'm not after fame. I've seen fame and it looks awful. I think, it, mate. I don't want, and, it's not, and that's the thing. I think I, it's back to that thing of being exhausted by the work. I've seen fame and that isn't it. It's being able to do the work and be exhausted by the work and, and the, um, the most amount of people possible to see the work. And, I'm, and I think the byproduct of that is that you have to be famous to get that. Quite a, um, a glossy London magazine once did a feature on me. Yeah, kind of them. And why wouldn't they? The headline was "Warm Sensation," mm. but the the tagline under that, the sell line, whatever you want to call it, was uh, something like "Meet James Gill, the most successful comedian you've never heard of." Mm. Which I know sounds like I'm being damned with faint praise, but also just I'm, I hope I'm echoing what you're saying here. You can be, you can have a great career in whatever it is you do, and not necessarily be mobbed at the front door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I've seen that for people, and well, and and I and it looks it looks really difficult. It really looks really difficult to. It looks really difficult to just live normally and i and, and, and i don't know what i mean by normally but live no, i've seen some people uh, some people manage it they take it in their stride yeah uh people that we know uh, but then I've, i also know there's there's one mutual pal who uh could be a lot more famous if they wanted and have deliberately clipped their own wings to not fly too close yeah. to the sun and that's very shrewd and they said to me they were on a they were on a bus he sat on the top deck and then he can see so the listen i'm holding up a phone someone is filming yeah. him while he just oh. sat on the bus and as he says 
what are they going to do with that? Yeah. And then he said he was out with his other half in a restaurant and they couldn't get through the meal because one person after the other, are you such and such? Yep. Yeah. Dreadful. Are you such a, anywhere? And dreadful. him and his missus were like, nah, no thanks. <laughs> no, no, miserable. I tell you, have you ever been, if you go to a wedding and it's all in-laws or elderly in-laws and, oh, you Carol's son. Oh, you're Carol's son, are you? And it's constant that, you know, which is fine if it's just a sort of a wedding or a funeral or you know it's going to end. But I think it's, <laughs> I think being famous is constantly that. Constantly like being a a, 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 a wedding where people know who you are, but you don't know, who, you know, it doesn't look fun in any way. So, um, someone who works in telly, I probably won't say who, Someone who works in telly told me that they went to a football match with Robbie Williams. Oh, looks and they like they said that fe- this was when Robbie was absolute yeah. ze- zenith. And uh, it might have been Robbie himself. Someone said that being famous is like having uh, table tennis balls thrown at your head. Right. Yeah, and this yeah. person said that on the way from the Chelsea match to a, a flat nearby, they said, if that is true, that being famous, he's like having table tennis balls. He said for Robbie, that walk back was like this. <laughs> Just like thousands of tennis yeah. balls. How, you're not supposed head. to cope with it, are you? You're not supposed to cope with it. It's... This person said they got back to this flat, they opened the door and they said, they closed the door behind them. And bear in mind, this, they're not the famous person. They said they closed the door behind them and they, they were like that with their back against the door yeah. doing this. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> yeah. You know, and, and Robbie, will, Robbie you know, would have that every every day of his life when he yeah. lived in England, you know. And so that, so whenever I read a story about, oh, Mariah Carey wants this or does this, or, you know, or whoever does this, does this, you know, I, I always go, yeah, yeah, because it's hard being them. It's really hard being that famous. So you d- would have to find yourself a, 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 a separate room or in a separate level. I, I really understand it. I really understand. So when I'm around it, I try and I feel like I'm trying sort of just manage it and move people away. And I get annoyed with people for people, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, just leave people. My wife once um, did a show. It's her story to tell, but I will tell it briefly. If you ever meet her, you can tell her it's her story. It's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's the finest celebrity anecdote possible. She did a, she was in a, a, a double act called live girls and they had some success. They got on BBC three and they had, they were really brilliant Edinburgh's and, Really good stuff. Look up Live Girls, Dogtown, character comedy, really funny. Anyway, when they were starting out, they did they did a, a Canal Cafe in in um in Maida yeah. Vale. Yeah. They had they had four people in the audience for their show. Two who came in late. They had two people who sat there and two people came in late. Um they you know, they carried on with the show, did their hour. The two people who came in late were Paul and Mary McCartney. What? Four people in the audience and two of them were Paul and Mary McCartney who were going to go to a film. Um, to, to, they were going to go to the cinema and they saw that this was on, so they just popped into that. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's not my story to tell and she'll kill me for telling it because it really ruins her anecdote. But, you know, I don't, did, know, if, did, I don't did, know if her fans will listen to this. <laughs> did she get to chat with Mecca? So uh, their writing partner... Opens the curtain. Have you ever been to the, the canal? Yeah, I have. Yeah, to see news review. Opens, opens the curtains. Um, 
Paul McCartney's here. <laughs> you've just come off. You've just come off for four people. <laughs> Paul McCartney's here. He wants to buy you a drink. No way! <laughs> Charlie! <laughs> but, I this, but this is the lesson yeah. for any performer. And it doesn't ever. matter how... This is the ultimate lesson in this. Yeah. I used to do an improv course, and this Canadian improv guru, David, he once told a story where there was a, a stand-up comedian and, again, you know, again, less than 10 people in the crowd. But they committed to the performance, and one of the yeah. people was a, was a TV producer, and they get cast. Yeah, because you've it doesn't matter if there's one or one hundred, you you've got to give it the full hit because you just don't know yeah. who's in. Yeah. So they get changed laughing, and they go down into the bar downstairs no. in the Canal Cafe. Paul McCartney's sitting there with Mary McCartney, and he stays for an hour and a half. No, he does not. Yes. Didn't think I could love Paul McCartney anymore. Turns out and I can. Stay, stay, stays for an hour and a half. Big chat. All just sat having a chat about the Beatles and and oh. and and being in and all and being in. You know, he's there. You know what it's like when you're performing. You know, and, he... <laughs> and so they've just done a show for four people, and he's talking about hundred thousand people in the Shea Stadium or whatever. You know. I, I, I listened to a podcast. But anyway, so the, the reason for the story was, of course, a constant slew of people. Imagine being Paul McCartney. Imagine being Paul McCartney. And Sam said, Sam's, I mean, I'm, I'm absolutely ruining her. There's a lot more to this story that she will one day tell. You should have her on the podcast. You should do, you should have comedians, uh, partners on, on this podcast to tell the story properly. <laughs> uh, she asked him, which I think is an absolutely insanely good question. Is there anywhere you can go in the world where people don't know who you are? Yeah. Because if you're Paul McCartney, I mean, yeah. I mean, I will say, Great you can stick on a hat and sunglasses, and no one knows who you are. If 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 you want that, you know. He said, "No, not really. I was in a paddy field in the middle of China once, and someone went, are you Paul McCartney?'" Oh my god! <laughs> but I mean, that's the very extent of it. In a funny, uh, I listened to a podcast about the Beatles, and uh, one of them was a Beatles historian. And they said the, the least reliable people to talk to about the Beatles are the are the Beatles because oh, they're yeah. so because they're so self deprecating. I mean, you sort of summed it up there, yeah. yeah. But McC because McCartney will say things like, "Oh, you know, we did okay for four boys from Liverpool." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, no, yeah. no, you didn't. You yeah. did. You did unbelievably well. Yeah. Um, but of brilliant. course, then. And and then he went. If there's anything I can do, here's my number. Here's my here's my service number. You know, call them if there's anything I can do to help you with this show. Right? <laughs> you go. Okay. Well, what can he do? Not really. Anyway, they just said they didn't want to take the, you know, take the piss, rip the ass out of it. So they were, they just said, if you can give us a quote for the poster, that'd be that'd be great. So he so on their poster it says, "Go see these girls. They're dead funny." Paul McCartney. Surely the ultimate poster quote. Ever for anything. Of course, it sells it out. The sell, sold the show out. They got a BBC Three show. PR done. <laughs> Charlie, I mean Charlie, I mean, Baker and that's delivered. half the story. There's so much more to that story. I mean, I mean, it's an absolute nightmare for people listening to this podcast because now, as always, people just want my wife. That's all they want. So when people come to my house, I'm instantly fifth favorite behind. 
my wife, my kids, my dog. My, 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 my dear, dear friends will come to the house. And they go, oh, I don't want to... Sp- I've not come to see you. I've come to see you know Claude the dog. I can I can, uh, I can absolutely relate to that. That's <laughs> uh, that's outstanding. And then also, as you say, that is the ultimate poster quote. Yeah, go see these girls. They're dead funny. I mean, I don't know what he's like as a comedy critic, but you know. Right here we go. So Charlie Baker, you are curating your dream gig. There is a theme. I'm excited for the theme. Before we get to the theme, though, do you have any pre-gig rituals? Now, this is interesting. Let's talk about drinking before gigs, James. I don't, I don't know what your current uh, relationship with alcohol is. Um, I will be 13 years sober in January. Well, congr- very well done. Congratulations. But, 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 but talking about alcohol and gigs, though, in the, mm. in the Steve Martin book, Born Standing Up, he says he once had, I think, a, a lager before a gig and then listened to the tape back, heard himself slur a couple mm. of times and then never drank again before yeah. the gig. But then we're all different. You know, Johnny Vegas, he's obviously different. It doesn't help. And I've only just learned that. I, I mean, say I, that. I personally, why you would drink something that is going to make you less focused, I, I, mm. I personally don't get it, but I get why some do. Well, it's, what is comedy? It's, comedy is the ultimate in controlling your emotions, the audience's emotions, your adrenaline and the audience's adrenaline. And so if you're panicked or worried or nervous, a drink before a show can take that edge off and not make you feel that anymore. I I would drink before a show up until March this year. Wow, Charlie. What changed uh, Not it? always, not always, but on a, on a tour show... I'd always be a bit like, oh, I'll just have a glass. I'm going to have a glass of wine. That's part of my thing. I'm going to have a glass of wine. And then, and then, but then I look back, I sort of look back over my uh, career and went, why, why do you do that? And, and Sam was in the dressing room with me and she went, why are you drinking that? What are you, what are you having that for? So it just takes the edge off. And she went, what do you want to take the edge off for? The edge is the point. Yeah, you want the edge. You want the edge. That's the point. That's why the edge in you too is called the edge because he stopped <laughs> drinking wine. <laughs> That's how he got it. He's, he stopped. He's, he's... <laughs> why are you drinking? Why are you drinking slur all of a sudden? Wow. <laughs> why have you got nineteen crimes on the go? <laughs> no longer the edge. Um, yeah, and I thought, yeah, actually, that's the point. But the thing I found is. And and the thing what I used to do was go, well, I'm so, and, and of course you try and when you start out, you, you think this is amazing. You know, I've only ever been on w- once where I've gone, oh, I've had one too many beers. Because you only, I think you only ever do it once. I went on once at a gig and, and I, I was like, oh no, oh no, I am missing punchlines here. I'm missing, I, I am missing, my timing's gone. I'm slurring, I'm missing yeah. punchlines, you know. Christmas gig, you probably, I've probably done two gigs that day or something, you know, it was like, and I was like, oh God, and it just didn't happen. And you kind of came off after that and went, don't, you know, Jesus, you got to, you know, but yeah. So I used to do that. And, and since I've not done that around work and now I just don't drink around work at all on the, you know, at all, even afterwards, I won't go, oh, now we'll have, you know, I just don't, because it, actually the, 
doing the work is and and feeling that edge and you need you want to feel something when you're doing it i don't know why i think all a drink does is try and yeah soften so it actually softens the the highs as well yeah you know anyway uh so little chat about that there uh but- <laughs> <laughs> where so that, i am in that journey um no but that's good charlie that, yeah. I, for what it's worth i think that's really good so so do you do you have now you've knocked the wine on the head do you have any other pre-geek rituals but a snooze i love a snooze i can snooze anywhere i can but you know before i will say before a, a club gig or a, a, a gig I, I can just turn up and walk on stage i have i have turned up got out of the car kept walking and gone sorry i'm late just bring me on and, and walked on stage i've done that you know I, and i'm i'm happy to do that whether or not that helps the gig i've no idea but but uh i love a my snoozing technique is this a cup of coffee cup of coffee set your alarm for 40 minutes tell yourself you're not having a sleep you're just shutting your eyes a minute you go to sleep after a cup of coffee the caffeine takes 40 minutes to get into your system that tell me that's bollocks it's true this is true between 30 and 40 minutes it takes for the caffeine to kick in and have the effect so if you have a cup of coffee and shut your eyes for half an hour 40 minutes and then you set what if and say what the fuck are you doing but it's also meditate, you know. So you're not sleeping. You're not meditate. You're, you're sort of, you know, you're letting that those doing that mindfulness thing of letting it all flood in and flood out. You know, letting the waves come in and out. You know, and oh, but also I'm very very lucky. I can sleep anywhere. I can lie down anywhere. So I will lie. I can lie on a shoe and that be a pillow. You know, I'm I'm I, I'm I'm like a a Labrador. You know, like that. I can just lie anywhere. And uh, in many ways, I'm like a Labrador anyway. But, uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then wake up, bang, let's go. It's showtime. Throw that stick. Exactly. Um, so there we are, a snooze and no longer a glass of wine. Perfect. That's that's the next tour show. And also, I will, say, I will say some punchlines I've got that, that are wordy. I will say the wordy punchlines just so. I've got a punchline that is because I went to – Oh God, I can't. Uh, do you know? I can't tell my jokes outside of saying them in order. I can never remember the words for them, whatever they are, uh, outside of doing the show. So I've got a punchline that is um, because I went to a council-run youth club in the eighties. That's one of my punchlines. I went to a council-run youth club, in the, which is a, which isn't the most beautifully written punchline, but it makes sense for the, for the joke. No, but you need to. That I, I get that. Um... I warmed up a show yesterday. Rave Spall was on. We'd, my wife and I had gone to see, we went to see this play because he was in it. We went to go see To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh yeah. And again, that's a, so there was a pause and I was backstage and I, and I, I wanted to say this during the break. So I made myself say out loud, To Kill a Mockingbird, To yeah. Kill a Mockingbird. Cause that, you don't want to fuck that up, do you? You know? Well, t- t- Tom Rigglesworth used to have a joke that was to mock a killing bird. I don't know if he still does it. A punchline about Rose West. I think I think about taking the piss out of Rose West. It's a beautiful joke, isn't it? Something like that. That's very good. <laughs> to mock a oh, that's a great joke. <laughs> uh, right. So what the sorry, theme sorry, of the yes. gig and who is emceeing? 
This is an this is an impossible thing to do, by the way. So what I've what I've got that about him. <laughs> this, uh, I've sort of gone. I don't know. I don't know how I've done it really. I've sort of gone. Who do I find really really funny? Whether I've gigged with them or not, who do I think could be at any gig possible, any gig anywhere, and it's gonna it's gonna fly. Be that a uh, Saturday night. Jonglers Christmas. I think about this all the time. Who are the comedians where if it was a mother's union meeting, yeah. if it was a church fete, if it was an arena, if it was a theatre, an art centre, a pub, and on and on, who are the guys that can play who, all those Who are places? you booking? Who are you booking? Do you know? Do you, want my, do you want my first name on the team sheet there? Go on. Joe Caulfield. Oh, my God. Do you know who I was about to say emceeing this gig? Joe, Joe Caulfield. Caulfield. Isn't that funny? <laughs> and there are, I... a few, there are a few I could have had MC, actually. Ian Stone, I will put in this list, absolutely, completely. Brilliant MC, funny anywhere, always good, always, always very funny. Joe Caulfield, I have never seen her be anything but absolutely excellent. Always seems to have fresh gear. I've never seen, I've gigged with her hundreds of times, never seen her do the same set twice. Always fresh gear. The audience always absolutely love her. It's always on her terms. She has this brilliant high status that is in no way you go, well, I don't like you very much. She has this high status where you just sort of want to be her friend because you're like, yeah, well, I'll follow you into battle. Absolutely. She always has amazingly crafted, brilliant jokes. She's silly. She's she's just great. She's She's just a... Just She's a great comedian. Perfect comedian. Tim and I, we did a lot of um, online corporates with her on lockdown. She was always yeah. our, always our first, again, first name on the team sheet. But, mate, if you want to talk about an absolute education. So let's say we, we, we'd be doing a corporate for, uh, I'm looking around. Let's say we did a corporate for Bostick. We didn't. Yeah, lovely. Because I've, I've got blue tech here. Did a corporate for Bostick. So what, Sounds like a, what, a sticky night. Okay. Hey. Anyone? Is this on? So what Joe, what Joe had done was she goes, uh, where's the CEO? And this guy puts his hand up and she goes, oh, there you are, Michael. Uh, Michael, I've been watching all your videos. Right, so the, the whole grid of all the staff yeah. already losing it. No one's losing it more than Michael, the CEO. He's loving it. And she goes, Michael, what I noticed on your videos. And then she does an impression of the guy because she'd sat oh, at home and studied up. The, the 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 staff like wiping tears yeah. away. Michael's there <laughs> clapping. You know, after the gig, I got a I got a personal email from Michael. You, pl- his, his real name was Carl. I don't know. I've gone with Michael, yeah. but he, he's in, I'm gone. Pl- you look, you were all brilliant. You were all brilliant. But would you please pass on my heartfelt thanks to Joe Cuff? Yeah. You know that we're, we're talking about a Jedi level. Comedian. I've seen her in. I've seen her in clubs. I've seen her over an hour. I've seen her in art centres. I've seen her all over the place. And just an absolutely brilliant person in the dressing room. Brilliant person to have around. Just, just excellent. Just p- pure comic excellence. And not, and and so, and so f- what does funny bones mean? It doesn't mean, hey, look at me. Whoa, I'm so funny. <laughs> Although that was, what a, that was what funny, a funny guy. <laughs> what a funny guy. Look at me. Woo. You know, that's not funny bones, is it? She's just funny. She's pure funny. Just pure funny, but and cool. You know, you sort of like she's like she's cool. The leather jacket. Sort of, she's a cool dude. Head, 
head girl, but like, I don't want to be head girl because I'm too cool to be head girl. You know, she's like, just great. I might have told, I might have told you this before, Charlie. Uh, the Saturday night before we went into full lockdown, there was a 99 club, Central London, and there was a weird vibe in the air in general. Yeah. And we all had tough, we all had tough gigs, every one of us. And then Caulfield turns up, you know, five minutes before stage time because she's done eight other gigs that night. Yeah. And she got, she's like, James, how's it been? I was like, well, to be honest with you, but you know, and uh, she's just, I, I remember like, she's like, look, just looking at her watch and like flicking her wrist while she's listening. And uh, anything I need to know about? Well, yeah, no, blah, 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 blah. I, I don't need to tell the rest of this story. No. She smashed it <laughs> yeah, so yeah. hard yeah. that after the gig, audience members were, were approaching her like she was Diana. Yeah. They were like touching a forearm. Incredible. Just to be around the, you know, so it, was it was it a weird night because we all knew we were going into lockdown? Maybe, maybe not. But Caulfield was proof that yeah, who, who gives a shit? You know, if you've got the skills to pay the bills, you're still going to smash it. Incredible. Just incre incredible. So, yeah. Great choice. Joe, Cal Joe Caulfield MCs it. Who opens? My opener is Felicity Ward. Is there Phenomenal. a funnier human being on the planet? Just an absolute gig slayer. We, I'm, I'm, I mean... This this has only happened once, really. Obviously, the always be comedy at the Tommy Field is every Thursday. Yes. And then what's happened is a few months ago, a staff member has accidentally booked in a, a, a party. Yeah. In the comedy room on the right. Thursday. Lovely. So me and Tim are like, what? <laughs> and the pub have gone, we are so sorry. Do it downstairs. Oh, right. Yeah, lovely. Which like, isn't the best room for comedy downstairs, but yeah. No, I mean, absolutely not. We're like, we'll give it a go. Alex Brooker does his stand-up debut that night. Roofs it. Sean Walsh was on, roofs it. Anyway, yeah. Felicity Ward goes last. A couple of the other dudes on as well. Felicity Ward go, goes last. Roofs it so hard. At one point, she climbed, you know the Tommy Field, she performs a, a large section of the, of the set standing on the actual bar at the Tommy Field. Brilliant, yeah. They couldn't believe their luck. Just some, she's just someone who physically knows what it takes, has zero vanity about it, has has zero... She'll just be funny and silly about very serious situations. She'll know where the joke is, she'll know where the topper is, and she'll know where the topper is of that. And then she'll know what the physicality to make all that even funnier is. She's great. She's just got a funny... Just she's just funny. I first met her. We just I won. We all won. We both won. Uh the Mervyn Stutter Spirit of the Fringe Award. I thought I'd had a terrible Edinburgh. Terrible Edinburgh. But where but they'd I won this award and she won it as well. We both had to go on and do a bit of our act for and it's one of those situations where I was watching her going, I'm not I'm not as good as that. <laughs> She should should just be her award. To be honest, this is this is absolutely insanely funny. So yeah, just brilliant. Her hour, I saw her hour in Edinburgh a few years ago. That was just phenomenal. Just an amazing. Can't remember what it was called. She's great. And then also when the news came out that she was playing the David Brent part in the Australian. Yeah, office, I mean, amazing. We were. I think we were all just like. And all these people, you go, you go, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The success there is. Because you know they'll back it up. I like it when people get success and you go, yeah, well, they'll back it up. They've got the chops. 
you know, Steen Raskopoulos, exactly the same. Was yeah, yeah, the, the same exactly. Show. You go, you know, absolutely, sort of absolutely brilliant. But she, but if you can see Felicity live over an hour, she knows structure, she knows jokes, she knows physicality, she knows what's funny, she can do crowd work. She, yeah, just a, a, a brilliant, brilliant comedian. It's a good right. night so far, isn't it? Great gig so far. Imagine it. You've gone for a break, you come back, middle. I've ne- I never saw him live. I've only listened to a couple of specials and I think they are some of the greatest live specials I've ever heard in my life. And he's uh, a Patrice O'Neill. Incredible. And I mean, if you, you know want to talk about know? funny bones. I oh mean, my gosh. It, and it sounds with him like he is making it. And I'm quite sure with a lot of it, he is making it up. I'm quite sure there's so much stuff in all of it. That I go, and and also he plays with the line. Uh, what I learned from him is is I've always been like scared of hitting the line or going over the line, you know. But he plays with what the line is, and I analyzes the line. Analyzes the line, and you go, well, what is so? Let's find the line and let's analyze why that's the line, and why it's not actually. Because surely a lot of comedy is about what the line is, finding the line. And, and pushing it. And why is it funny? But it's because you're feeling, oh, that's a shock to my system or, oh, that's made me think something differently or, oh, that's made it light, made the room light up for me or given me a new way of thinking. Yeah. And he, and he, it's just so funny. And it's so funny. It's not, and it's, and it's, a, and it's a bit aggressive and it's a bit, you know, it's a bit offensive and, and it's a, but it's just, you know that he is making himself laugh. I, I wish I'd seen him. Oh my! People, have, you know, people work with him at the store and stuff. You what do they say him. about him? I mean, they just say he's unfollowed, but just you could not follow him. So why I've put him on in the middle? I've not. I like un, I like unfollowable people in the middle because I think then the audience relax because they've had their they've had their night. I think that's how I like to run a gig is put put you know. We once put Alan, Alan Carlins came down to try new in the middle. Yeah. Uh, Angelos was supposed to go on after him. M- middle section, Alan Carr doing new, Angelos after Alan. Yeah. Alan Carr roofed it. I mean, with the definition of unfollowable, I went on stage and said, we're going to take a, an unplanned break there. Yeah, 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 yeah. And some in the crowd were like, what? And one of the lads that used to work at ABC was like, from the bar was going, what? And at the break, tap on my shoulder, Angelos, turn around, Angelos, thank you so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's you being a brilliant compare and, and also knowing how to run a night. And that's what this that's what this thing you've set me to do is, is how do you run a night and how do you like to run a night? And I think to put someone who's going to kill it on in the middle, it it makes the audience go, oh, I've had the most amazing night, you know. And then, and then if you do have a break, it, it I think the closer is... On a, on an absolute winner, then you know. I agree. I totally. I, agree. I don't. I, I don't. I don't see uh, because because you shouldn't be scared. You shouldn't be scared of of following someone good. If anything, you you can relax because the crowd have had that. Like yeah, you say, they've had a great night. They've had their they've night. Got, they've got. That's always my worry with when you're touring is, God, it's just me. And if I mess <laughs> if I mess up, there's no one else turning up. You know, it literally is. There's no one come to save you. You know. Right. But, yeah. So. But those, but that elephant in the room, and, elephant in the and room. Uh, there's one on iTunes as well that I just think the way. You could, but the writing's 
good as well. And the way the way he takes on big subjects, I just. And then, and then also all those uh, radio shows. If you you know anyone who like me loves a bit of YouTube lasting at night, his appearances on radio shows are the stuff of legend, aren't they? The, the, yeah, yeah. I know the ra- some of you are waiting for me to say the Radiohead bit. The Radiohead bit is a very famous appearance. <laughs> um, what a what a great comedy brain. Yeah. Amazing, one of those you go. Oh no, oh god! I wish I'd. And, and you go. I wish. Why didn't? Why didn't I pay attention? <laughs> pay attention. See people. Go and see people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. There we are, Patrice O'Neill. So Elvin who closes? It's tough, isn't it? We know so many good people, and you know so many amazing comedians. Uh, We're very lucky. Very lucky. I was going to go with Sean Locke. Short, uh, one of the first, my, when I was 16, I went to the comedy store. I was taken by a friend. I was in London doing a, doing a, a youth theatre play. And I said, let's go to the comedy store. We'll sit front row. We'll have a great night. And I'd never seen stand up. And uh, Sean and I, uh, to this day, can remember the feeling of seeing Sean Locke absolutely change my world uh, and make me cry with laughter. Uh, and I can still remember some of the, bits he did and that sort of stuff he's not my closer you know he's your friend of mine harry hill because the man does absolutely everything you want a comedian to do which is make you feel like you're six when you watch him and you're laughing with your friends in school and he makes gales of laughter like uh, you're uncontrollable and being friends with him as well as you are, you just know that the, the, the artistry that goes into it is absolutely massive. The thought that goes into it is absolutely massive. And just in my mind, the funniest person we've ever produced ever. And and uh, I, I love him. I love him. I love him. I love his comedy. I love the way he does shows. I watch him and I go, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's how you do that. <laughs> yeah. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll sort of be able to work out. You'll be watching and go, oh, yeah, of course, that's how you do that. Not not the way I was doing it. But that's and also he's, he's unoffended. He's, we're talking about being your own person and plowing your own furrow, you know, completely his own. And that's a bit. I think that's the art bit as well. I think when people are artists as well, they He's really can, they they can learn their voice. I think the art school comedians learn their voice very quickly because they they know how to they know how artists have done it. So I think I think a lot of the time I think a lot of, I think about that a lot with Harry that he had that persona so early on the big mm. collar the badges the pens the suit yeah the glasses. What? Yeah. So you think the fact that he is from an art background helps there? I think any comedian from an art background it helps because Very it's all of, it's style, isn't it? It's it's what makes a great artist. You know, you instantly know a great artist when you see when you see their work. You can say that's a and that's and and that's what finding your voice is, and that's what that's what that's what finding your voice, and that's what I think artists do very quickly. And so I think art school comics. Off like Noel Fielding, you know, you know that's a Noel Fielding joke, isn't it? Everything Noel Fielding does is in the style of Noel Fielding. It's not, you know. Who are the other art school comedians? I mean, I the two you've come up with are, I mean, literally perfect examples of um, the point you're making. 
Harry Hill has played has, has played a, a big role in both of our lives. Yeah. How did you appear on his radar? Because for the benefit of the listener, Charlie, you were in uh, Harry Hill's Tea Time. Tea Time. You were in the uh, the the X Factor musical. Yeah. The Pop Idol musical. Sorry. Yeah. I, you I'm were in, in his, the Tony Blair musical. I'm in his Damien Hirst uh, documentary yeah. uh, as the shark. So what did that come about from auditioning for the musical? Yeah. So I'd never met him. Never gigged with him. Never seriously. Met him. Never, never met him. Never gigged with him. Wasn't on his radar at all. Um, Jeez, Louise. Walked in. I wasn't going to go in. I wasn't doing musicals. And they said, "Do you want to go in for the X Factor musical?" And I said, "Not really. No." <laughs> that sounds like hell on earth. They say it's for a part of a Hunchback, and it's written by Harry Hill. And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely. Yeah." <laughs> Yeah. Of course I will, yeah. You know, I no said no. I meant yes. <laughs> um, they need you to, to do, they need you to sing a modern pop song. Fine, I can do that. Easy like Sunday morning is my go-to, James, if you would. No, it sounds funny, but I just can't stand the pain. Yeah. Um, Charlie, you, you uh, again, Max the Roy Castle thing, voice yeah. <laughs> of an angel. <laughs> walked in, walked into the room. He sat, and of course, the only person I can see is, you know, there's 10 other people in the room. The only person I can see is Harry Hill. Steve Brown, who's Alfie Brown's dad and writes, is the most incredible, is Glenn Ponder. Glenn Ponder. And writes, wrote, wrote most of the spitting image music and has written Spend, 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 which is an amazing musical and and has written every comedy song and jingle and thing you've ever, ever heard. is yeah. absolutely incredible. Uh, is talking to me as well. And we sat there and I, and I make them laugh. And I check if Harry's laughing, you know, which is like, okay, <laughs> that's all you're doing. Is, all you're trying to do basically is make one person in the room laugh at the, you know, there we are, sing. They, they love it. I'm about to go. And Harry goes, Oh, can you rap? And I go, yeah, of course I can. And, they go, and I go, um, but straight, just straight into uh, a bit of public enemy, bring the noise. I, I go straight into the opening and I just do it, you know? And I went, they went, oh, right. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. Luckily, I had that in my locker, you know. And then I go out the room and I think that's that. Okay, I'll hear about that or I'll never hear about that, whatever. Door opens. Oh, Charlie, can you come back in? Who was that? Who's at the door? It's casting director. Oh, Charlie, can you just come back in? And of course, there's 10 other actors in the, in the, in the <laughs> waiting. And they're all going, oh, you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> <laughs> can you come back in? I went back in and went, can you do it? Will you do it? No way! No way! <laughs> so they had other dudes to see, and they basically gone, yeah, that's the guy. You do it. And I went, and I don't know why I said this, but I went, I think I was trying to have a, some sort of strange flex, but because I was so anti doing sort of theatre and musicals and stuff at the time, I went, yeah, I've got some gigs. Um, I'll have to. What are you talking about, Charlie? I don't know why I said it. What a weird flex. So it's I've because you're, cause you're, the voice in your head is going, don't appear too needy. Don't appear too needy. Because <laughs> what you want cool, to do was be go, cool, be cool. <laughs> be cool, be cool, be cool. We do, do it. For I, said, free. I said, yeah, I've got, <laughs> oh, I've got some gigs and stuff, but um, I've got some gigs. Look, I say, look, con contact my management. I'm sure we, I'm sure we'll be able to make it work or something, you know. But uh, and they're like, yeah, all right, whatever, mate. <laughs> and then that was amazing. That was amazing. We did the, we did the. So I play a hunchback with basically Susan Boyle in the in the show, you know. Uh, and we did the so we did the workshop first. Did a, a week week's rehearsal, and then we did a we did a 
uh, you do like a musical showcase for the backers and people who are going to, and of course the only backer in this situation, the only person who has to say yes is Simon Cowell. That's the only person they're trying to get to say yes. Yeah. So we did this workshop week re rehearsal and then we did the showcase in uh, downstairs in Soho theater. And of course, normally it's five people in the backer. This is a full uh, show Soho cabaret bar. Lenny Henry's in the audience. People from, you know, Alexander Burke's in the audience. You know, people, oh Amanda God. Holden's in the audience. People, you know, it's like proper, it's like an audience with. And then in comes Simon Cowell last, sits at the back of the room. Off we go, you know, bum, 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 bum. Normally it's like, um, oh, great. Thanks, everyone. Well done. Well, uh, Simon Cowell at the end stands up, comes on stage, says, we'll do it. <laughs> we'll do it, right? This might be the first ever episode where we've got five different clips. <laughs> we'll do the show. And it's like, everyone's like, Woo! oh, wow. <laughs> then they get offered the Palladium. So we haven't got a... They haven't got a theatre. They then get offered the Palladium. Amazing. So then we open the show. I mean, look, it's for another a whole. There's a whole other story about it. And, and Harry tells the story. Find Harry. I think he's on Rob Brydon's podcast about about doing the show. And and it's and there's some amazing stories come out of it. Charlie, is there an incident that you would love to somehow replicate at this gig? Yes. Get paid. Getting paid for the first time. When you've done your, when you've done enough loads of open spots, and some suddenly someone pays you, and you've got the, and I had, it happened pretty early for me actually. About fifth, sixth gig, someone didn't turn up. They said, "Can you do twenty minutes instead of your five? Blagged it, said yes. It went really well. It was. Like, Hang on a minute. Now the the listener may not appreciate this. Oh, sorry. The yeah. jump from five to twenty. Oh, in my opinion, yeah. may as well you may as well be doing a week, right? Yeah. Oh, it's How, crazy. But you can't. I mean, it sounds like you did. Well, I, the thing is, well, I, I, I must have compared for. I can't remember what I did, but I must have compared for for ten of it and done. You know. Wow, that's of, amazing. I started late, so I had years of frustration of not. So I was just probably just trying everything, and I don't think it wasn't a massive gig. I can't remember where it was. It wasn't a massive gig, and and anyway, it went well. And I remember him giving me, and then I went, thanks so much. He went, oh, hang on, your money. He gave me 40 quid cash. And I got in the car and I just, I sat there and cried staring yeah. at this 40 quid. Yeah. Because you go, it's possible. It's possible to do this and people to pay you to do it is, is possible. And, and the realization of that possibility that your life has just changed was enormous, enormous in my life. Every single, um, every single doubt, self-doubt. So nice. I'd ever had every bit of bullying I'd ever had, every bit of whatever just fell away at that moment of you can do this. I mean, that bloke was just going, thanks very much, clear off. But for me, that was... <laughs> That was a huge, huge moment.
That, uh, uh, that's so true, that as well, though. What's a really poignant and powerful moment for you, for the other person? They're just like, <laughs> just like right, oh, thank God we got away with that. Just take that, mate, and thanks a lot. Cheers, bye. <laughs> you know. If you're on a book, me again, yeah, just fuck off, mate. <laughs> yeah, just go, mate. Get in your lupo and go home, you know. That is, but that, Charlie, that's beautiful. That's perfect. Now, what incident must not happen at this gig? Oh, God. I did, I did Latitude once. And I was out of my depth and I wasn't out of my depth. I probably could have done it, but I, I, it got so big in my head. It got so big. And I followed Mickey Flanagan on and, and, and what year? Oh, I can't remember. Just before he got massive. I'd had some, I'd had a terrible weekend. Something that, something had happened with a, with a, something had gone wrong in the, and, and I, I wasn't in a, wasn't in the right place went on it was one of those latitude tents that was just emptying out and you know wasn't it wasn't going well show wasn't going well and then for some reason in my head i'd oh people people go into the audience here they get they get off stage and go into the audience and you know they make stuff happen try that try that and it's like well that isn't your thing what you, you know you're not adam hills or jason Byrne. you know that's not that's not what you do anyway great down I went, you know, da, 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 da. some bloke went, I sort of started interviewing someone as sort of trying to get something going off. It was awful, you know, a, a, a desperate 10 minutes, you know, desperate time. He said something horrible back. I thought, oh, this would be funny. I'll pour, I'll pour my pint on his head. You know, it was like, a, oh, great. And then run away. Right. And of course you look back and you go, what are you, what are you doing? You know, what on earth? Just, uh, just, um, uh, 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 comedian floundering and not in a good place. Shouldn't have been there. Shouldn't have been doing the probably at that time in my career. Now, how long there. was the set? Oh, like a twenty minutes, half an hour. You know. Yeah. But it just wasn't. It. Just, I just wasn't in a good place. You know. I thought this would be funny, and then of course it's really bad, really bad choices. Just really bad choices. You know. And you go, oh, that was an awful. That wasn't funny. So that wasn't, and then you go, oh God. And then I end up buying the bloke a pint, you know, and trying to make, you know, and you sort of go, oh God. Oh. And you look back and you go, it's just such a journey. This job is so, it's just such a journey. It's amazing. It's amazing. But at the time when you're job. pouring that beer on him, you're thinking, yeah, this, this is, is funny. Yeah, really. The crowd will cheer this because it's yeah, so yeah, hilarious. Yeah, the crowd will cheer this, you know. And of course, no one gives a shit, you know. You just look like you just look like a horrible. And then you look you back know. and you go, "I just poured a beer over a guy's head." Yeah, just and that's all that's happened, you know. You're so I'm so embarrassed about it, you know. Dreadful, you know. I, I, I even I even question bringing it up here because it's like don't remind people, you know. But it's like, well, that's the thing. You don't. I'll be honest with you. And I don't mind a bit of honesty, you know. But you just go, oh god awful but again but i mean this 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 job is the ultimate look you you, you learn from your mistakes it's yeah, such a cliche yeah. that I'm, but it's yeah. but it's so true because the great thing there is never do that again yeah well well you think that's going to be funny you know i don't think it, was, it wasn't like a full pint but you know like anyway yeah embarrassed what is that all about as well when you're and you can tell i'm talking from experience here but what is that all about when the voice in your head is going do this yeah yeah. Is it just well, it's desperation? Panic. It's panic, isn't it? It's panic. 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 
Is that one that has stayed with you, or have you moved on from that? Oh no, I've 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 moved on from that. I know why I know where that came from. What why that happened? I tell you what happened as well was was I'd I I I'd got a sitcom and then I'd lost a sitcom, uh, and the person who got rid of me from the sitcom, I bumped into on the way to. It was one of those sorts of weekends I bumped into on the way to the to do the gig at Latitude. And sort of the way I am, I just went, oh, don't worry about it. It's absolutely fine. It's absolutely fine. Now I just walked past. I wouldn't be bothered, you know, but I was like so keen to go, I'm fine. You're, you got it wrong. You know? So I just had a, and it was, it was a week of, we had a terrible, you know, yeah, week of bad stuff happening and just in a bad place. And so then of course your play, your play muscles aren't there. Your play senses and twitches aren't there. You're, you're, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny though because you do, if you do that now, as I say, I use this word culmination way too many times. But if you were to do that gig now, just imagine what how different that experience would well, be. Know you know. To, I'd know how to do it. The thing is, you Charlie, Charlie. You exactly. You think you think you know how to do it then, and of course you just say yes. A lot of the time, this industry is just say yes, keep going, keep experience, keep doing it, keep showing people you can do it. I was out of my depth at that point, you know. Right, Charlie, final question. How do you unwind after a gig? I can't remember what I've written down. Oh, now, is there anything... I know not everybody likes sport, and so you have to just sort of... And actually, since the uh, now we've got an age of streaming and, and being able to watch anything whenever you like, the ultimate dream at any gig up until mm. about five years ago was home by match of the day. That is such an of its time reference. <laughs> that is such a. And the, I'll be the home best thing in about time the best match. thing about the gig is you'll be home by match of the day. <laughs> be home by match of the day. And that is not that is just not a thing anymore, is it? I don't think. I think you can watch match of the day whenever you like. But home by match of the day was oh my god. Home by match of the oh I've got I've got home in time. All right, it's Norwich versus QPR, but nevertheless. <laughs> Home by match of the day was always the, the was always the. Uh... I was laughing as you were as you were talking that I got home for I'd, late warm up last night, double record. Got back home after midnight. Yeah. Sky Sports, whatever number three is yeah. these days, and it was Arsenal versus Man U from two thousand and seven, two thousand eight. Yeah, David. Yeah. Remember Dave, David Platt had like this Indian summer, age thirty two, thirty three yeah, at yeah. Arsenal. Scores that looping header on like 85 yeah, yeah. minutes, maybe. I had to turn it over because I was too excited. It was having the opposite effect of what it should have had. <laughs> I was too excited by a match that had taken place 15 years ago yeah. because I knew it was going to impact my adrenaline if I carried on, <laughs> carried on watching it. Yeah. Um, so what about now then, post-match post of the day? Do you know what? I often find myself getting in the car now and I don't want music and I don't want... Bob Harris used to have an amazing show on Radio 2 that was just just phenomenal. He'd just play all this music never heard of. Really great music now. And I end up, we've got Blackberry Smoke coming up and John Martin. <laughs> but first, here's Emmylou Harris. Really great music. He used, to have a, he used to have a great show, middle of the night, you know, to drive home to. But now I find... I, I'll often sort of come to an hour into the journey and go... You, it's just silence. <laughs> you've got, you've got a podcast on, you ain't got anything on, you know, just I think I just quite like 
to quite like to be with myself. That's good. After, after a show now and be with myself and I don't beat myself up anymore. You know, you sort of just try and, although I have to, I have started on this tour quite a lot of time. I've, I've started uh, meeting people up, like uh, vickering after the show and coming out and meeting the audience and, and talking to them because I was, I was getting into the habit of going, well, I think, I don't know how that went at all. I've absolutely no idea how that show went. Well, of course, it went great, you know, because people are laughing all the way through it and they're having a brilliant night out. But but I'd go, I I don't know how that went. So I, I, I've I started to meet the audience afterwards just to make sure that the show was all right. And that's a good idea, though. Lots so of I don't, people do So it. I'm not in the car on the way home going, oh, man, how but, did that go? But I, I think only a certain type of... Com- you, you are top of that list. You've got to be a people person to be able to do it, I think. Mm. Yeah, well, because if people didn't enjoy it, they're off all the time. They'll just walk past you, so it's fine. <laughs> but often you'll, you know, but but it's it's a really nice thing to do, actually. Not in a meet and greet, aren't I great way, but in a in a in a just sort of looking in the eyes of the people you've just entertained for a while is a really, absolutely is a really, a really Tim, nice Tim, thing to do. Tim Vine does it, doesn't he? Stuart Lee does yeah. it. Yeah. It's uh, well, will you? Yeah. Listener, you you will have a chance to do some sweet, sweet vickering with uh, <laughs> some people will be Googling vickering. It's a nice thing. It sounds rude. Um, Charlie Baker, 24 hour pasty people. Uh, he's at the comedy store on Wednesday, the 6th of December. Yes. Otherwise, for other dates, just just Google Charlie Baker tour. Thank you very much. It's been brilliant. I've loved I thought it was an impossible job. But of course, as ever, James. You have greased the wheels and made it amazing. What a brilliant episode. And that story as to as to the journey of winning the, the Dems competition on Comic Relief is he tells that so well. Um it, it was like a it was more inspiring than a rocky training montage. <laughs> uh brilliant. Thank you, Charlie Baker. At the comedy store, sixth of December. Tim Lewis, your favourite Charlie Baker memory. So, first of all, I love that episode. I was editing it. I think it's one of my favourites. I think Charlie's so brilliant. But yeah, I think my favourite memory is the first time I ever saw him do anything, which is he's in an episode of the IT crowd, Jen Vafredo, if you want a specific, if you want to know which one it is. Uh, and yeah, he's so so funny in it. Immediately, I knew, oh god, this guy's great. And yeah, then I got to see him in the flesh many years later on at Tommyfield. So good, love him. You're right. Charlie Baker has star quality and charisma, and he do he really pops on the telly. This this never sounds good, but he's got a fantastic face for comedy. He has got a mate you've got i think that does sound good i think it's great when people have a fantastic face for comedy and he does great physicality my favorite memory i mentioned it on last week's episode when jonglers folded owing me 1500 pounds the first person to reach out and get in touch and offer financial help was charlie baker which was a, a true a, a test uh, a, a sign of a true friend and Char- Charlie Baker is a, tr- a true friend but I'm mindful that I've already mentioned that so I'm going to go with um, as I say many times it could appear on a separate bingo card 
I've been Harry Hill's warm-up guy for many <laughs> years. That, that's, I, pre- I appreciate that's another one. Um, and there was one, one of the shows was Harry Hill's Tea Time on Sky. And Charlie Baker had a recurring role. He was on every episode playing the same part that he played in the musical that he'd done for Harry Hill. And so seeing Charlie, every record, and Charlie, who is also a, who, who is a former warm-up guy, I think recognised that as he, uh, uh, we're mates, but also while I was doing the warm Charlie would always come over and join in during certain breaks with the warm-up, which I always thought was a lovely touch. So that is my favourite memory. I can, in my mind's eye, I can see his, his lovely smiling face. He'd come over, he'd join in, he'd get me a round of applause, say something nice. Uh, also, just to extend this tr- sign of a true friend, he's obviously a big star on TalkSport, one of their main guys, and gets me on TalkSport uh, more than he has to, including, you may, you may or may not have heard, last Tuesday, that was me on TalkSport, they had me on the phone calling live from Comedians Football, talking about Crystal Palace, and that was lovely. So, Charlie, we will we can reveal that when we were both picking our favourite Charlie Baker memory, we actually had we were spoiled for choice. We had a, we had a long list, so that that's a sign of a. I'm going to say the word mensch. It's been a while, uh, but yeah, Charlie Baker is a, a righteous dude. Um, Oh, nearly cried at the end there. Uh, correspondence, the team at alwaysbecomedy.com. Uh, if you would like some e-gifts. Oh, my God, I've gone merch mad. Uh, there's an e-gift section on the Always Be Comedy uh, website. We, we might see you at a show as well. Uh, we are across... Oh, Tim, we're across the socials at Always Be Comedy. Excitingly, again, purely for me and Tim, Instagram has nearly, co- has nearly crossed... The, the the mythical ten thousand Tim, yeah, that's there will be a celebration that day when it happens. We so are sad, isn't it? Two grown men. <laughs> um, we are forty nine follow. We're on nine thousand nine hundred and fifty one. Forty nine. That close. Wow. It's exciting, isn't it? Very exciting. What should we do to celebrate? Um. Announce a new rebrand. <laughs> Mate, I've got a feeling. I, I, I'm going to email the dude who very. I'm going to email the dude who did our rebrand and see if we're allowed to do it today, or is that too soon? No, I, I was think I was thinking that secretly today. I'd love to do that. Let's really do it, uh, guys. Thanks for everything. Listen, we're not we're not being. I don't think I don't think that you think that we think. That you were being glib. That was too many. Uh, that there was glibness associated with the Spotify rap. Uh, we we've been disproportionately chuffed. Supply- I, I'm not a Spotify guy, guy, Tim. I'm a Google Podcasts guy, but they don't do a an equivalent thing. Shame, shame, shame. Well, Google, get on it. It's big. People love it. People love it. People love sharing it. People who do the podcasts love sharing. It's a very positive what, thing. Well, they don't do it, but if they did, can I guess what your number one would be? It would be the Always Be Comedy podcast. <laughs> Followed by the news agents, then, I was going to say. It would be the news agents. Those they're guys. doing shows every day. Those ruddy guys. It would be, the, hang on, it would be the art oh, and fly on the wall as well. 
Yeah. You know, look, we see, we need this list. If you, if you're if, listen, always listen to always be comedy. But uh, if if you're an SNL nerd like me, the only other person I know who listens to it is Sam Campbell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, we digress. Um, oh, by the way, we can say this, Tim. We can say this before Christmas. Let's just say that we have a Taskmaster favorite. When, when do you think that will come out? Hmm. Um. Is next week the right time? Essentially, next episode. Potentially, next episode. Actually. Wow! Wow! Soon. Anyway, be out before, before the year is out. Before the year is out. But I mean, Tim, we can talk a bit of shop here. So apparently, we're reliably we're reliably told that that listeners can, and, I, and I'm I certainly do this. That numbers go down over Christmas because people are spending time with the family and what have you. So you end up with like a podcast backlog. And that's certainly the case with me. I love podcasts, but over Christmas, it's trickier. So I, so we, we sort of want to put it, we want to get this one out before Christmas, don't we? We do. I think I think around the Christmas season, we'll do a James and Tim special, which we discussed on WhatsApp. That's nice. Yeah, we, lo- we, we like this. And also, our feely wheelies won't be hurt if the numbers aren't there, because yeah. we can tell ourselves <laughs> that the... Uh, traditionally with podcasts, the numbers aren't quite as high over the Christmas period. So we can, we can sort of like sign it off. We can write it off, sorry. Um, <laughs> but this particular Taskmaster person, this is such a special episode and they're on such sensational form that we we have to do them full justice. That's fair, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's been talked about on... Oh, he's been talked about on podcasts a lot Ooh. before. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's one of the guys. One of the guys. Wow, Tim. <laughs> Tim's gone heavy on the clues. Maybe too heavy. No, no, no. It's all right. Um, right then. Have a great week. Thank you all very much. Uh, we're going to say Merry Christmas. Tim, do you feel Christmassy? Um, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I need to buy Advent calendars for people, and then, then I'll feel Christmassy. I've been warming up a couple of Christmas shows recently, so I do feel... Very. I was up in Manchester for the Martin Lewis Christmas special. That guy is brilliant. Oh, oh my God. I, I, I say this a lot. This is my bingo card. A national treasure. Yes, absolutely. And li- li- does it live as well? Anyway, I digress. God bless Martin Lewis. Uh, I bet you were expecting that to, as an end to the podcast. <laughs> but, but here we are. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Thanks very much. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Bye-bye.